0: Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit RiverCC.com. or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Taboo. Um, wow, let me just say there are like no seats out there. Uh, let me encourage you, let me let you know that uh, we have three services on Sunday, and if you're an early riser, we have a lot of room in the eight o'clock, surprise, surprise, right? And if it doesn't matter to you whether it's 9.30 or 11.15, we have space in 11.15 as well. But we have squished as many seats into this one as we can, and so we'll just have to be patient with each other each week, right? And I know it can be a challenge sometimes getting out. So let me just say that's all the more reason to fellowship for twenty or thirty minutes after the service, after picking up your kids. Don't do it before you pick up your kids; they'll shoot me, okay? And uh, all the more reason to build fellowship and relationships in those seasons as well. We're glad you're here today. Uh, I was blessed to get to be on vacation last week. You may have heard and. And, uh, but the week of that week, I actually got to have a race, a car race, against a buddy of mine named Bobby Davis. I I will confess, he did win. I know we're all disappointed. My kids almost threatened to disown me. But but I will, I'm not saying it was rigged, but I, I do wanna give a little bit of clarity, okay? Let me show you my car, pull the blue car up. This is a Mercury Topaz after a tree fell on it. And this was what the guy from Life Church gave me to drive. Okay, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Have you ever heard the word Mercury Topaz and car race in the same sentence? Just saying. And then they rolled Bobby's off. It was a Honda Civic. I was like, my kids would be driving that car to this day. And, and then Bobby, to rub it in a little bit, had somebody bring the Honda. Oh, that's where I landed on him. I did promise to crush him in the wall, and I did. Let me say that. Uh, yeah, so, and then... Uh, they, they had the nerve to bring the car over and park it in front of the church last week. Did y'all see that? So I asked the ushers. They texted me. I was on vacation. I said, y'all take care of that for me. And they did a good job of taking care of it for me. And uh, we, uh, we took care of that car real well. No, that's just Photoshopped. It's just Photoshopped. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But we have a good time bantering back and forth, whether it be Bobby and I are partnering together in ministry as a church. We have a lot of kingdom partners. It's one of our big values. This week we had Rising Above Special Needs Ministry here. We did a fundraiser for them, helping them uh, raise support by offering the facilities here. And there are a lot of great churches and great ministries that we partner with. And we believe that God doesn't call it the kingdom of the river but the kingdom of God, okay? So we're a part of a bigger team, and that's what we're talking about today, the kingdom of God. What does that look like? That means we partner with churches of all different denominations for the purpose of seeing the kingdom of God come to Cookville, Tennessee, as it is in heaven. If you got your Bibles, you can go ahead and pull those out. We like to read in the Bibles. Now, we've been going through 2 Timothy for a while, but we wrap that up. So now, for the next couple weeks, as we talk about this kingdom of God, we're gonna be looking at a variety of passages each week as we study and understand more what this kingdom of God means, okay? Uh, The actual words kingdom of God means the reign of God. And so when we're talking about the kingdom of God, we're talking about the reign of God, his reign, and Matthew 6 tells us it can be on earth as it is in heaven, that's the prayer, is that God would make that rain on earth as it is in heaven. And then Mark 1, 12, Jesus is beginning his ministry. If you want to turn to Mark 1, 12. Then it says, the Spirit compelled Jesus to go to the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was out among the wild animals and angels took care of him. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. This is the coming of the kingdom of God. Jesus, upon arriving, his first first words are, the kingdom of God is near. He is bringing this kingdom to them. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to speak to us about what that looks like today, okay? Most gracious Heavenly Father, this is your day. It's exciting to me to get to talk about the kingdom of God because, Lord, you know how it's changed everything about my life. And, Lord, I'm just asking humbly, God, that today you would awaken all of us and that we would be hungry to bring the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, you're the one that does the work, but you allow us to be a part of your team. I pray, Lord, for anybody that's here today that doesn't yet know Christ, that hasn't yet entered into that kingdom, I pray, God, that you give them a great big welcome mat today, and they step across that line, and they say, they're all in. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you have your listening guide, go ahead and pull that out. I encourage you whenever they pass those out at the doors to grab those each week, or it's also on the River app. Either way, it'll allow you to follow along the scripture verses a little bit easier. Now, we do put them on the screen, but I am always encouraging people to read it for yourself as you go. Uh, We use the New Living Translation just so everybody can have some uniform, but whatever verse you have, you can follow along uh, in your Bible, whatever translation. So the first thing I want you to see is that Jesus brought the kingdom of God to earth. The kingdom of God has always been. God has always reigned supreme. He has all power and authority. When he spoke the world into existence, he had the authority to do that. I've been with my dad this week, we've been at the hospital, and, and it's amazing to me how God created this body And when it breaks down, we can do some things to help, but some things we're absolutely helpless with. That God's creation is so amazing that even though we've got an exact template, seven billion of them to be accurate, we can't duplicate what God did with all of our technology, all of our science, all of our engineering, and all of our medical abilities. There are some things we just can't do. Now we're getting better, but at the end of the day, God is God and we're not. And that's what we've got to remember. He, he is worthy of our worship, he is worthy of our praise. And so Jesus, when he came, it wasn't that he was beginning the reign of God, he was bringing the reign of God to mankind. Until that time, the Jews had been looking for a savior to come. They were hoping he was gonna bring the kingdom of Israel. You see, Israel had been a powerful nation that God had established to be a witness, a testimony to all the other nations, to say, I'm setting up my nation here so that you can see what it would be like to follow. But mankind blew it, and so Christ came to bring the kingdom of God to your heart and mine. He came so that we could have the kingdom of God in our lives even when we have chaos in the world. Because when Jesus came and walked the earth, the world was in chaos. Now, there was the Roman Empire that was ruling over the masses, but if you were not Roman, you were not really welcome. There were more slaves in Rome than there were free people. The Jews were a conquered people and they knew it, and the Romans wanted them to know it. The nations that were there were. Merely existing in order to provide income for the Romans to build the bigger Colosseums and, and provide more for the Roman citizens. And so it was a day and age where the people, the Jews and others alike were very discouraged. They're hopeless in many situations. They didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. And so for them, when Christ came on the scene to bring the kingdom of God, they were hungry and they're ready. For you and I, we we have great lives in many ways. Would you agree? I was sharing this weekend, we've got 150 fathers and sons at the man camp, and mentors and mentees, and they're there, and I was teaching yesterday, and I was teaching them about being thankful. Because what we have today, none of us woke up in prison today because of our faith. None of us have been taken and beaten because we profess Christ. None of us have had to hide our Bibles when we try to read them. We are all blessed with a lot of freedoms that we need to give thanks for on a regular basis. And provisions, I shared a couple weeks ago that the top 1% of the world make $32,000 a year or more. So for many in this room, you're in the top 1% richest of the world. Wrap your head around that. If you're a school teacher. In the Putnam County School System, you're in the top 1% of the richest in the world. So for us, it may be a little bit harder to embrace and hunger for the kingdom of God because of the blessings we have. But I wanna challenge you to flip that coin. And instead, because of the blessings we have, recognizing the blessings we have, being thankful for the blessings we have, we should worship him all the more because I believe the kingdom is here in our town because Christ has brought it through so many people. You see, when Christ came to bring the kingdom, he brought the kingdom of God by his actions and his examples, and his disciples followed through on that. I talk to people, a lot of you folks uh, like me, you've moved in, you didn't grow up here, and one thing I hear from you all the time is this is the friendly place. People here care. People here are different. And I want you to know that's the kingdom of God. It's not because we were born and raised that way, although some were, but it's because when Christ dwells inside of you, He teaches you things the world doesn't believe in. It is counterculture to this world. You see, there's so many movies out there about getting revenge and eliminating your enemy, and Jesus says, "What? Love your enemy. So many people are saying, you know, you just need to cut people off and and not bother forgiving them and just leave them by the wayside with what they've done to you. And Jesus says to forgive those who hurt you, to bless those who persecute you, to pray for those who despitefully use you. Jesus came with a whole different culture. It is contrary. It is counter to the culture we have today. It is not a me first culture. It's not what about makes me happy. It's what about glorifies God. And if we seek to glorify God, the crazy thing is, that's when we find true peace and true happiness and true joy. Jesus said, if anybody tries to keep their life, they'll lose it. If you try to be selfish with your life and and I'm going to make myself happy, that's when you lose it. But if you give your life away, that's when you find it. And it's so true. It's hard to believe But it's so true. The happiest, most joyful people I know aren't the ones who have everything going their way, have all the money and all the ease and comfort. The most joyful people I know are the people that are walking with Christ daily and they find his joy through every moment. First service, got a chance to talk to a brother who's going through a difficult walk with cancer. And uh, talking with him, I said, how's it going this week? He said, You know what? It's better than I deserved. And I said, I know that answer. I said, but really, how's it going? He said, no, really. God's just, he's just been good to me. So many people coming alongside, loving. It's a hard season, but it's a good season. After that, I talked to somebody in the hallway and I said, how's it going? She said, you know what? It's a really good time. I was like, tell me what's going on. She said, I got, I I got let go of my job. I was like, okay. (laughs) She said, no. She said, you know, I've got such a peace about it. I've been unhappy in my job and I got let go and, and I just know that God's got something better for me and I'm looking forward to what he's got. I was like, you go, girl. That's the kingdom of God. When you can look through things through the eyes of the Lord and know that God does have something in store in the future. In the, in the here and now, it may be hard, but we trust and we believe that Christ came to bring the kingdom of God. Now, look at Luke 4. Luke 4. Luke 4, 17 to 21. Now, this was the very beginning of his ministry. One of the first places he went was he went back home and he, he went to his hometown and in a local church called synagogue. He goes in his local synagogue and he and they hand him a scroll for him to read from. The scroll of Isaiah. Okay? He he goes through the scroll of Isaiah and he pulls up the passage. It's the prophecy of the Savior, who he is, okay? And this is what he reads. We're starting verse 17. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach what? Good news. Listen, I want you to hear this. The message of Christ is good news for all. His hope, his forgiveness, his salvation, this is good news. Says uh, good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you just heard has been fulfilled this very day. One of the most famous prophecies of the coming Messiah, Jesus reads it, and he says, Today, the scripture has been fulfilled. He was declaring at that point, he is the Messiah, which made them so angry. If you read the rest of the chapter, they wanna kill him. They're like, who is this guy? We know him, he grew up. This is Jesus, carpenter's son. How could he be the savior of the world? What did he come to do though? I love this. If, if this isn't hope, number one in verse 18, good news to the poor. Guess what? They were all poor. Good news to the poor. To proclaim that captives will be released. Now, some of them would have been slaves. They may be thinking to that point, oh, yes, finally we're going to take over the Roman Empire. Nope. it's not the physical captivity he's freeing us from. It's the spiritual captivity of oppression, bitterness, unforgiveness, greed sexual immorality, pain, bitterness, all those things. He wants to set us free. And he says he came to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Now, I think it's very encouraging for me. When he came bringing the kingdom of God, he didn't come saying, you guys are evil, I'm gonna destroy everything. He came, said, look, I'm gonna set the example. I'm gonna bring the kingdom to you. What are you gonna do with it? And you and I have the chance to be part of that kingdom in today's walk and in the future, okay? Second thing I want you to see is the good news of the kingdom is for everyone. It's for everybody. Every size, shape, color, nationality, Background doesn't matter. In Luke 4, so a little bit farther down, verse 40 says, As the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their diseases were, the touch of his hand healed everyone. Many were possessed by demons, and the demons came out at his command, shouting, You are the Son of God. But because they knew he was the Messiah, He rebuked them and refused to let him to speak. Early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. The crowd searched everywhere for him. When they found him, they begged him not to leave. But he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too. That is why I was sent. So he continued to travel around preaching in synagogues throughout Judea. Jesus could have stopped right there and said, boys, Let's build a building. Let's make it really big. We're going to have the biggest New Testament church in anywhere. I mean, we're going to just invite people to come, come, come. But that's not what he was meant to do. He said, we're meant to go, go, go. We've got to go into these other villages. We've got to take this good news. We've got to take this kingdom message to the whole world, guys. Get up. I know everybody's happy with us right now, but it's time to get up and move because we got to take this message further. Now, very interestingly, there's another place where he actually like almost scares everybody off. Like everybody's starting to come. He's like, no, there's too many people, okay? Unless you're willing to die with me, you don't need to follow me. And like everybody left with the disciples at that point because his message was strong. The kingdom of God requires change in our life and we've got to be willing to receive that change and walk it out. So in this passage, we see that he saw the mission. And as a church for us, we see the mission that we can't just be happy with what we have here. God calls us to continue to press on. That's why we've planted churches in Gainesboro, Monterey, Sparta, Baxter, Lebanon, Crossville, Knoxville, Nashville, uh, Oregon, several other places. And we just planted one four weeks ago uh, right down the street. Matter of fact, hey, if four o'clock works better for you. You know, Oaks Church, we just launched Oaks Church. It's right down the street over, uh, meets at Westview Baptist Church. Awesome bunch of people. We sent 100 people from our church to launch a new church there. I don't know where they were sitting before they left, but, uh, but I'm excited what God's going to do there. Why do we do that? Because the kingdom of God is has got to expand, it's what he calls us to do, to take it because it's for everyone. Third thing, the kingdom of God can be experienced by us on earth as it is in heaven. Now this was something that confused me when I was a new Christian. I kept reading one time Jesus says the kingdom of God is near, another time he says the kingdom of God is here, and another time he says the kingdom of God is there in the future. And it confused the daylights out of me. And I had to study and read and study and read. And now I understand the kingdom of God is everywhere that Christ brings it and everywhere that we are. And so if we choose not to carry forth the hope of Christ into our community, the kingdom of God ceases to be where we are. But if we live out our faith, people will see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven because that's his plan. So we've got to continue to live this kingdom of God, and we can experience it here on earth as it is in heaven. Revelation 21, you can jot that down. It's not in your book. Verses one through four, he talks about how in heaven there'll be no more tears, no more crying. All the old things are passed away, and all things are become new. And that's what we have to look for for eternity. But what about here now? I believe the kingdom of God can be here now in your life and mine, as we walk by faith, as we live it out, we can see the kingdom of God in our workplace. I was talking to somebody, they went for a job interview. And they said, I felt like it was a godsend." I met this person, they they were supposed to have an interview, the interview got canceled, so they had time available. I was there, not necessarily looking for a job, but we started talking, and I was like, wow, this is something I could probably do. And she said, he started sharing some scripture with me. And she said, I got so excited. She said, I always wanted to have a Christian work environment with a boss that would pray for me. I can't believe it might happen. I was like, wow, that man took a chance in a job interview to share his faith with her, not knowing where her background was. I just want you to know, we can bring the kingdom of God Wherever we're at, please, in your job, walk it out as a follower of Christ. I know I've heard it said. I had a buddy of mine who said, listen, business is business, but church is church. I'm like, no, that's not true. The church is who we are every day. We are followers of Jesus Christ demonstrating the kingdom of God wherever we go. We don't pick and choose when we'll act like Jesus. It's 24-7 because the kingdom of God is on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I believe that we're still gonna have trials. Matter of fact, Jesus said that in multiple places. Jesus himself was crucified. 10 of the 12 disciples were murdered for their faith. I mean, the early journey with Christ was not easy, right? And so this health and wealth prosperity gospel is a bunch of bunk, okay? I'm just saying it. You need to hear it. It's not true. Just because you love Jesus doesn't mean you won't get cancer. Had a buddy of mine, his pastor was a health and wealth preacher. He got cancer. And I just asked him, not not rudely, I said, hey, what do you do with that? I said, you know, he's always taught you that if you believe God, then you won't get sick. He said, well, he's healed. I said, really? Really? He said, yeah, he's healed. I said, that's great. When did it happen? He said, it's coming. I said, it's coming. He said, yeah, we're, we're believing it because we've, we've claimed it. The fellow died three weeks later from cancer. I did not rejoice in that. Please hear me. I did not rejoice in that. But I was saddened because even in the midst of displaying the untruth of that theology, they're going to keep carrying it forward even unto death. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, you might still get cancer. You might still lose a loved one. You might still lose your job. You might still lose a spouse. You might still be in a car accident. Trouble doesn't just go away when you follow Jesus. The difference is Jesus is now inside of you and you can walk the kingdom of God out in the midst of chaos and you can still find joy 24 seven even in the chaos. That is the difference because you have others around you to walk with you through the chaos that will pray with you. I was talking to somebody else and uh, I, I love talking to people. They give me half my sermons, you know. I was talking to somebody else this morning and they were talking about being in another state and they came out of the hotel. He said, Pastor, I got to tell you the story. I came out of the hotel and as I came out, this lady saw my, my Tennessee hat and she said, you from Tennessee? He said, yes, ma'am. She said, you believe in God? He said, oh, yes, ma'am. She said, can I talk to you? He said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and so they started talking, and she had lost her 15-year-old son to de- grandson to death, and she just needed somebody to pray with her. And he got to pray with her in that moment. They had church right there in, in the hotel lobby. And he said, man, it just, it just changed everything for her. She was so grateful. Listen, folks. We bring the kingdom of heaven wherever we go. When we walk out our faith, people see it as different. It's not religion. It's not a bunch of rules. It's not trying to trying to be better than other people. It's not judging everybody else for what they're not doing. It's us walking out the love that Christ has sunk deep inside of us, and it gets to bubble over to those around us. Man, it's awesome. John ten. Jesus talked about this in the abundance. John chapter 10. So if you're in, I think our last one was Mark, maybe. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Uh, John 10, verse eight. It says, all who came, this is Jesus talking. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. This is where we get the phrase saved. Jesus said, all who come through him will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from our sins, saved from our separation from God, we'll all be saved. They will come and go freely and find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. I have to say, I like the King James Version better where he says, I've come to give them the abundant life. I believe as followers of Christ, when the kingdom of God dwells within us, when we are following Christ's life and we're uh, modeling that for others, we get this abundant life, like better than than can be understood. It's not a money-based joy. It's not a event-based joy. It is a joy that just overflows. And I believe it can overflow into all areas of your life. You may not be in the easiest spot right now, but I want you to hold on because God has a future. It may not even be on this earth. It may be in heaven, but you can find joy even this moment. Uh, This last week, I celebrated a birthday. I think TJ gave me a hard time about it last week a little bit, and I turned 55, double nickel. I've been looking forward to this because I hear somebody's got to keep coffee if I'm 55. When y'all find out where it is, let me know, okay? Uh, but we went camping, and I told my friends, I was like, hey, you know, it's 55, I wanna do something kind of special. And they took me to these cliffs where people jump off the cliffs. And they're like, check this out. I was like, oh, that's perfect. I wanna jump off some cliffs for my birthday. And so I got, we got a picture over here. Let's see, we got that video. So, so there's like a 75-foot jump up top, and then like a 50, this is about a 35 or 40. The guy in the red there, that's me. Down there, oh, dear. I told right. you. i so here I go. You, it. you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it was a blast. Three trips to the chiropractor. Uh, I, I just think we have the abundant life, and I, I just want to take it for all that I can and enjoy the journey as I go. And I, I want you to do the same. My, my kids were with me, five of them. And uh, after doing that, they, they wanted to jump as well. They'd already jumped off some lower and higher spots. You got that one? So then they had the idea to all do it at once. I was encouraged. I, was I, I jumped once, I was done. I, I just want to challenge you to live the life abundantly. It may not be jumping off a cliff in the water, but if you're going to school, do it to the glory of God. If you're going to work each day, do it to the glory of God. If you're raising your family, do it to the glory of God. If you're seeking to be a coach, do it to the glory of God. If you're seeking to, to provide for your family, do it to the glory of God. If we will have the kingdom of God in us going through us day after day, it will change this culture. And we will be counterculture more and more every day. But then the culture itself will begin to shift to the culture of the kingdom of God. That's what we can look forward to, this beautiful thing that God gives us called the kingdom of God. Well, the last thing is the kingdom of God is the remedy for the pain of this world. Anybody agree there's some pain in this world? I believe the kingdom of God is the remedy for the pain in this world. Matthew 6, flip back over to Matthew 6, 28. We're going to start at Verse 28. Jesus is talking, he's giving a sermon on the mount. And he recognized that these people, they're in a tough season, okay? They're dealing with poverty and brokenness and, and they're in a tough season. And so here he is, he wants to, to give a, a word of encouragement. And he says in verse 28, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly take care of you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Interesting what he says there. Seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously. Remember what the first passage we read uh, in Mark? Let me read that one more time. When he's preaching about the the kingdom of God coming, he says, the kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. What is this living righteously and repenting of your sins? In our lives, there are times that we sin against God. We tell lies. We get greedy. We get prideful. We get angry and say mean things to people we love. We get selfish and take advantage of others. We live a sexually immoral time in our life. We we get bitter, we show unforgiveness. These are things that the Bible calls sin. And they, 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 they wire us differently than God intended. They begin to separate us from God because of shame. Not because God created shame, the devil created shame. We feel shameful before God. And when we have those things in our life, it's like a wall between us and God. And that's why he says, repent of your sins. The kingdom of God is coming. I was thinking about it. We have a, a two-car garage at my house. Some of you have two-car garages, right? I got two-car, uh, it's a carport, excuse me, two-car carport. And one is for my wife to park under so she doesn't get wet. The other is for me to park under because my car has a convertible top and It leaks. And so sometimes, though, I'll pull into park, and one of my kids is taking my parking spot. Yeah, yeah. So what I do, I can't get in that parking spot if there's a car already there, right? It's a no-brainer. I can't like do like that that one movie where the lady just kept ramming the car to get rid of it. I, I, I've got to call. and I'll do that sometimes. I'll just call on my phone and say, hey, come out here and move your car. I need my parking spot. And they'll come out there, move their car. I was just coming for five minutes, I know. It's always five minutes, right? And so they'll back out, and then I can pull my car in. But if their car's there, I can't pull my car in. It's the same thing with the kingdom of God. If you have all this rot, if you have all this sin in your life, all this bitterness, all this greed, all this immorality in your life, your carport's full, and the kingdom of God can't be manifest in your life. You gotta back that sin out. How do you do that? That's why Jesus came. You mess up, you fess up, you move on. You call it out. You say, Lord, forgive me for my sin, whatever that is. Cleanse me from this sin, Lord, in Jesus' name. And then he washes you clean. Now you got room in your carport for all the kingdom of God. I just ask you today... Is Christ in your life? As he said, have you been saved? It's his intention that the remedy for all our junk is him. Leaning into him, trusting in him, faith in him. Faith is the remedy for worry. Joy is the remedy for bitterness. Forgiveness is the remedy for brokenness. He has the remedies. We have to lean into him and follow him. I'm gonna invite you, if you would, to stand with me. Ethan's gonna come out and he's gonna lead us in a song. And while he does, we've got our our prayer room teams going back to the back. There's a room in the back. If If you'd like to just unpack something in your life, there's something going on. You're like, man, I just need to talk with somebody And it's gonna take a little while to do that. That's what the prayer room is for, a confidential place for you to go and pray with a couple and they just wanna pray over you. If you're here today and you're like, man, I I just need to talk to God one-on-one. He and I need to talk maybe about backing some of that stuff out of the carport or he and I need to talk about my spouse or my my loved one backing some of that stuff out. You come over here to to my left side, you come kneel at the altar and just pray. Just call it out before God. Nobody will bother you, nobody will pray with you. Because over there, that's just you and Jesus. If you want somebody to pray with you, maybe you're going through a tough season. Our staff is over here and and they will pray with you. You just come kneel. They'll come to to where you're at and say, how can I be praying for you? And they'll pray over you right there, okay? And just ask you how they can pray and they'll just pray with you. And then I'm gonna be down front. And if you've never given your life to Jesus and you wanna be saved, please don't wait. Please, I'll be down front. I'd love to pray with you and help you Make that decision to follow Christ. As Ethan sings, you can come, you can pray, you can sing. Whatever God leads you to do, let's be obedient today. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. If you would like more information about the church and what God is doing here through the river, you can visit therivercc.com or you can download our app in the app or Google Play Store. Again, we just want to say thank you for listening and we hope as you go throughout your week that you are able to love God, love people, and impact the world.